Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Nirothotep in our Shanghai chapter. So, we have a special episode for you this evening. It is an investigator prelude episode. And so, I would like to officially welcome back to the table, Lonnie. Where? Who? What? (laughs) Right. Hello, everyone. (laughs) And so, Lonnie, why don't you tell us who you're playing uh, this evening? Uh, today, I'll be playing Robert Drummond. Hmm. Robert Drummond, man of mystery. International man of mystery. That's correct. Uh, so, we welcome Mr. Drummond to the table. May he survive long enough for us to enjoy him. At least longer than the other two. That's right. <laughs> So we're going to raise the curtain tonight, but before we do, as always, we like to thank our listeners and our Patreon supporters. If you've not had an opportunity to check out our all the things that we offer on Patreon, we would invite you to do so, and that's patreon.com forward slash the old ways podcast, uh, and then come join the fun on the madness with all of us. So, Robert... Shanghai is a city always in motion. It is a place you know well now. You've been here now for several years. We'll get to the reasons why you're here or why you originally came here, perhaps perhaps a little bit in the future. You have been um, working a we'll say a case for a few days now. You've been spending your off hours when you're not parading as a photographer for a local paper. You have been working diligently to get closer and closer to a somewhat uh, interesting individual within the Shanghai city and uh, its environs. And he is a man named Victor Sassoon. And what do I know about Mr. Sassoon? Well, you know that he is a very lucrative businessman. Victor is someone who likes to play an awful lot of different games. And so sometimes he's a businessman. Sometimes he's a realtor. Other times he's a thoroughbred horse enthusiast, but he also seems to play at the edges of what you'd call the real McCoy. He's very interested in certain things. That runs parallel to some of the things that you're interested in. Yes, um, I would say that uh, maybe he's maybe he's um, found out some. One would say, you know a little bit about him after a few days of doing some some deeper research. You know that he's from a relatively long line of advisors and bankers to the Ottoman court in Baghdad. You know that he immigrated to India. And the family business, from everything you can dig up on it, seems to have been built trading conglomerates uh, stretching throughout Asia. It seems like the family amassed their wealth mostly through banking, but again, real estate, cotton, oil exploration, and shipping. All that, though, pales in comparison to their underlying financial input, and that's opium. 
Well, it's certainly lucrative and certainly would finance everything else that he wants to do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You've um, overheard that Victor is uh, well-educated. Trinity College, University of Cambridge. He evidently served in the Great War as a pilot. Uh, And you've even seen him walk with a limp. Rumors say he got into a pretty difficult aerial battle. Other people say the Green Gang may have taken a shot at him or two since he's been here. I'm surprised that he's still alive if the Green Gang really wants him. You also know that he has a varied amount of well-connected and well-informed men that make sure that he stays nice and safe in Shanghai. Well, I mean, every everybody of that nature does. If they don't, they're fools. Indeed. And then they're dead fools. <laughs> and in your years here, you've seen more than a few fools end up dead. You have seen the... Um, the passing fad American stop in and, and throw money around Shanghai only to find them in the brothels the next night and eventually in the gutter the night after to be followed by the morgue shortly thereafter. Yep. The American playboy doesn't necessarily stretch just as far here. No. But Sassoon is not a target per se of your current employer. At least as far as you know. What your current employer is interested in very genuinely is getting a read on Sassoon himself and trying to find out where his allegiances lay at. There has been some troubling political things happening in Shanghai in the past few years. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like that is going to stop anytime soon. So tonight... You're spending a little bit of your off hours outside, likely near a overhang or a canopy while the rains come down, uh, getting a good look at Mr. Sassoon and the yacht club that he's a part of. You can tell here in this area of the International District uh, where all of these uh, wharfs and, and boats stack up one against one another. It's not too far from the customs office, not too far from the public gardens. You can tell that there are several what you would call power players socially here in the city. Yeah. Most of them are French or English. Uh, There are a passing few that are American, but Truly, the, the French are a fairly, a, po- a fairly potent force financially in the city. I mean, the, Brit- the British mostly run the international quarter, but the French have their, own, have their own sector, and they have their own connections. Mm-hmm. You see beautiful red and white lanterns out, all lit up on the front of the yacht club. Um, you see men standing uh, near canopies or under umbrellas watching the entrances to boats as uh, men and women are escorted in and out of this yacht club. (laughs) And your goal is to get into that club and find out what's going on at those tables. Well, given what I know, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're just going to let me walk through the door, even in my official capacity, especially not in my official capacity. Right. And I don't think they'd let me walk through the door not carrying my camera either. Also probably true. And I also would be um, quite a sore thumb sticking out. Certainly, unless you made proper preparations. But it's hard because it's a formal club. And so, you know, there's there's uh, uniforms and such. Realistically, my best way to observe things would be from maybe an upper vantage point. Okay. I mean, I'm sure there's multiple floors to the establishment. Absolutely. Now, this isn't Shanghai of of current date, obviously. Right. So there aren't as many massive skyscrapers, but there are quite a few tall multi-story buildings. 
right? Four and, and maybe five story buildings. You're not terribly far from the Palace Hotel. That also puts you relatively close to Club Concordia, a place that you have been before. This is a multi-story, near multi-story structures. So if you want to use the building as a vantage point, you certainly could. Uh, And maybe as a um, a, a start, a place to start your your evening activities. Well, I was thinking more along the lines of there's probably upper floors to the clubs where um, some entertainment is done and um, probably a uh, living space for some of the inhabitants who uh, aren't performing there, shall we say? Hmm. Okay. And they wouldn't just have them walk through the front door like a, like a big shot. No, 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 of course not. They would want to have, uh, you know, some level of privacy. Yep. So there would be an employee entrance somewhere and probably a staircase to the upper floors so that, you know, they don't have to see any of those people go in and out. Right. So I figured I'd sidle back to the back alley from a different vantage point and just kind of stand there in the dark and see what I can see. Okay. Yeah, the streets of Shanghai and the buildings are pretty well packed together. There's not The alleys here are not very wide. It, it reminds you very much of many of the other metropolitan cities you've been in, New York, Los Angeles. And uh, there are ways, potentially, depending upon how you wanted to make your way uh, to an elevated position. There are options here. Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, is what route would you choose? I would probably try to come around it from the back side. Okay. Like I said, just find a convenient alleyway and skirt my way in. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be too well lit. Might be someone watching it, but I could I can see that before I go in there. It is definitely not well lit. The alleyways here are dark, mm-hmm. which suits you just fine. Yep. And they are filled with any number of, whether it be refuse bins or whether it be streams of, of alley water, carts or bins to keep garbage in. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can easily pick your way through and find a spot that gives you cover for an ascent. I just want to take a, a, a brief moment to overlook the area mm-hmm. and see if I see anybody basically watching. Fair enough. Why don't you give me a spot hidden? 52 under 55. Okay. Uh, so you do see two gentlemen at the back of the, the club's, we'll say, rear doors where um, talent might come in at whether that be musical or otherwise. And um, they seem to be in well-done suits, and they are under a, a canopy to stay out of the rain, and uh, they seem to be surveying the, the space back here. They they looking pretty casual about it, or are they looking very focused? I would say that they're pretty casual about it. Well, I assume that the door's not locked, because the talent would go in and out. Oh, yeah. So it's just a matter of getting them away from the door long enough for me to get inside the door. Yep. So I want to um, try and sidle as close as I think I can safely get first. Mm -hmm. Then I think I'd like to make a noise. Okay. In a different location. Interesting. So why don't we begin with stealth? That's contested. 43 under 7. Okay. So that roll goes in your favor. Mm-hmm. You get very close. We'll say up along the side of the build, that side of the building, as you sort of curl around towards the back. Yep. You're going to use a planter and a piece of shrubbery on the back to conceal yourself. Normally, for most people, this would be a dead giveaway. For you, the the area, the space, the darkness seems to just hold you a little closer. And you wait until the time is right. 
About how far away from the door and them am I? Oh, from them, you're likely about three or four meters at this point. And the door is another, say, two meters beyond them, deeper deeper into the wall, right? Set back from... Right. And then the alley goes to either side of them. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to pick up an object mm-hmm. and throw it at the end of the alley to make a clatter. Are you trying to do it with, with uh, a specific amount of accuracy? No, not really. I just want to make a noise that they'll investigate. Okay. So you throw this object. You have you, you have throw, yes. I do. So go ahead and give, go ahead and give me a throw roll, and we'll just make sure, even if you fail, that you don't botch. Thirty-four. Okay. So it's a it's a fair throw. It's not exactly where you want it, but it is by no means a complete and utter failure. Um, they notice the noise. And when they notice the noise, one of them goes out towards that space and begins investigating that. The other one doesn't come out as far. It comes out maybe a meter, mm-hmm. roughly. But you believe there's an opportunity here for you to slip in between this planter and shrubbery and sneak behind him through these doors. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely a chance. I mean, the only thing I worry about is opening the door will make noise. That's probably true. Although you're not sure. But maybe not. We can give it a shot. You certainly can. So that's a stealth roll. It is. That is a 63 under 70. Okay. So I'm going to put the guard who is out looking at disadvantage. You slip in be- in between the shrubbery and the holder, this pot that sits there at the end of the uh, corner of the building. Mm-hmm. And you very carefully slide against, while not coming in complete contact with, but slide against the building until you curve and wrap your way around inside the doors. Yep. And you can reach out and see where you can... You could reach out and pull the handle of the door if you want to. Does it open out or in? Oh, it opens out. Do that slowly. You carefully pull on the door. You can hear just the just the slightest slightest metal metal on metal groan of the hinges on these two big doors. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't any you don't hear any high pitched squeak. Okay. And just as soon as it's wide enough for me to get in, I slide, I sidle in. You do. And then I hold the door as it closes behind me. Yep. You find yourself in a dimly lit hallway with a short flight of stairs that goes up in one direction and to your right, a flight of stairs that goes down quite a ways. Have I ever been in this club before or anywhere near this club? You've been near the club, but not this in this one directly. The Yacht Club is something that is a little bit higher to do. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of an invitation-only sort of place. Neither upstairs nor downstairs. Well, upstairs might be where some business is done of certain nature. Downstairs is not where any business would be done. That would be storage. So I will um, creep upstairs. You can hear the music after a few steps. Uh, You hear the din of what sounds like a kitchen Mm -hmm. and voices in that space. Speaking Chinese, I assume. Cantonese. Yep. So I would know it as a specific dialect. It would just be Chinese. I will uh, move past that further into the hallway. You eventually get to a, a T where on your left side where you see an opening, which smells and appears to be a, a kitchen area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then deeper that away, deeper forward, you see two doors with small oval windows that likely head out onto the club floor. But I went upstairs, right? Yes. So this is this is more of an upper yeah. dining area. Yeah, you peek out. 
You see a, um, what looks like a club floor. You see at the far end, through the lights and uh, the dancers, the people dancing, that there's some sort of um, jazz musician on stage and she's singing and there are people dancing. It looks very, pretty, pretty common fare uh, as far as clubs go around here. Uh, jazz, especially Asian jazz, is very popular mm-hmm. at this time. And it is not uncommon for most clubs to have singers playing a sort of a sort of jazz that has become very popular here. Yeah. So very sing-songy uh, female singers. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, very light, high, higher-pitched instruments. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's probably 10 or 15 people here in this appears to be the yacht club's main club portion mm-hmm. uh, and then there are multiple exits from that room the club floor is also mostly dark except for certain lights on lights on tables and and a few lights overhead but not it's it's not at all very bright okay do I see Sassoon why don't you give me a spot hidden mode? 62 over 55. Don't see him. Not initially, no. You could, of course, push that roll. I, I could. I could. You just need to tell me how you're pushing it. With style and grace, as I walk through the door. All right. As if I belong here. Certainly. 19. Very nice. So hard success. You step through the doors and walk to begin walking towards one end of the club. You use that sort of pomp and circumstance, that uh, that air of belonging here. And as you slowly walk through the room at the at the far side, not opposite the singers, uh, the singer on stage, but adjacent to it, you see uh, a table with four men at it. One of them is slightly balding uh, with gray hair. He has a an English cut gray suit on. And he, since you've seen him before, you know what he looks like. That is absolutely Victor Sasser. Do I recognize any of the other people at this table? Uh, you do. So at the table with him, there are several other people. So one of the other people who is with him is uh, a local, quote unquote, that you know, Mm -hmm. and his name is Lawrence Kaduri. So Lawrence Kaduri, as far as you can tell, is Victor's best friend. They are are generally seen together. Uh, You would also know that Lawrence's father uh, was Sir Ellie Kaduri, a very famous industrialist uh, with holdings throughout Asia. Okay. As far as the other two gentlemen that are at the table, you're not familiar with them. Europeans or? No, um, locals. Locals. So um, I assume that the layout of the club is, is that there's the stage, there's the dance floor, there's tables. Mm-hmm. Possibly a roped off section for um, special people. Yep. And I assume Victor Sassoon is at the, uh, is in the roped off area. Oh yeah. So the roped off area has about four tables at it. Mm-hmm. He is one of them. And I would say predominantly 60 to 70% of the club are locals. They're likely industrialists or, uh, other various sundry trades. The air here doesn't smell like opium. You're familiar with the smell by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the air does here smell like an awful lot of French and English cigarettes. Yeah. And so the people here have money. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, the rope rope off area has uh, a few tables that are at it. Uh, so as, as you make your way, continuing trying to find Victor in the room, you're also angling yourself towards a specific spot. In the room that you can go, you find a table that is relatively empty that you could potentially sit at like you belong here. 
yeah, I, I think I'll do that. I think I'll sit down and mm-hmm. um, I'm going to try and keep an ear cocked to see, to see if I can actually hear anything over the environs of the club coming from uh, Victor's way. But uh, otherwise, I'll I'll make like I'm looking at the stage mm-hmm. while I'm trying to keep him in the side of my eye. Okay. Why don't you give me a listen roll? Twenty six under sixty. It's a hard. So the conversation around you that you pick up deals mostly with an event in the next coming weeks people are talking about. They're discussing some sort of special event that's happening at the club here. Oh, okay. Um, And they're discussing if the building in question, the part of the club that would be used for it, the one that is closer towards the water, is fixed after the last incident. Do I remember that incident? Uh, You remember something probably about six weeks ago where one of the club's patrons got into some sort of kerfuffle with um, evidently something that came out of the water. Person or being, no one is truly sure. The papers wrote about it. That's why you remember it. Yeah, sounds like a cover for... I don't know. Did the did the guy die? No. Nobody died, but what you do remember specifically about it was that people blamed it, right? Uh, first of all, the, the 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 story about something coming out of the water was chalked up to hysteria. Yeah. And that's what it has to be. Or somebody had uh, perhaps uh, chased the white dragon way too far. Yeah. Um, but what you remember about most telling about it, because you ended up coming down to the club and taking a few photographs, you remember the the wall and part of the club flooring had been ripped away. And what you thought was something had been hidden underneath the club, at least in that um, portion of it that's connected to where the, the boats dock at, mm-hmm. and that someone was trying to get their... Um, We'll just say their money's worth out of the club that perhaps someone had secreted something down there. That is not unheard of. Wages of sin. Mm. The uh, the band and the singer on stage take a short break as uh, another round of drinks begin. Wait, wait, waitresses are, are coming to all the tables and you're obviously offered something to drink. I will take something to drink. When you're served this drink Mm -hmm. you see from beyond the the ring of tables uh, beyond that section where Victor and those other tables are Mm -hmm. there is another section of tables here to to the right of where you are now Mm -hmm. that are paying an awful lot of attention to what's going on over there and those men look like their suits are maybe a little ill-fitting that perhaps they are not, as one would say, supposed to be here today. And it looks like they're stalking or guarding. Oh, definitely the former. They look like they would like to make Victor's night end a little differently. Hmm. So, I'm investigating Victor. Hmm. I would like. To, I would like for Victor to stay kind of healthy. Yeah, you would. I will stand up after I finish my drink. Mm-hmm. Does Victor have bodyguards? I mean, I'm sure he. I'm sure he would. Yeah, their duties seem to be men. Perhaps a couple of the men here at the one of the tables close to him that do appear to be watching out for what he's doing. I will walk over there to them, and I will lean down, and I'll say, "Hey, fellas." get their attention. And I start making motions with my hands, like I'm trying to convey something, but that I can't really talk to them. Okay. But at the same time, I'm going to say in a very low voice, um, 
that table over there doesn't look quite right. And kind of jerked my head. Okay. So you're saying this to... The bodyguards. Okay. And you're attempting to elicit a reaction from... Either a reaction or an acknowledgement. Okay. The one on the the far side, the one that would have the best vantage of that table, Mm -hmm. looks at you and nods and uh, says, we've got our eye on them. I nod. And I thank you. Mm -hmm. Out of character. (laughs) I'm going to break character here. Um... Do I know exactly what I'm looking at him for? Oh, so soon? No, yeah. not specifically. Other than the fact that you're trying to determine where what his allegiances are. There's a lot of political issues going on in Shanghai right now. And while they won't necessarily bubble over in the next couple of days, yeah. uh, there are some things happening in Shanghai long-term politically that are very concerning to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to, you know, New China and all of the changes therein. Would I suspect that this meeting has any of that potential to it? Or would it be more of his other activities? You think that, you think communism is just a red herring uh, in the sense that what he's really here to do potentially is to meet someone at a very exclusive club. Uh, and potentially exchange something that could be, um, well, more down a different path that you're uh, of interest that the two of you share. Victor Sassoon is also a bit of a collector. Yeah. So I will um, nod at the security. Mm-hmm. And I will, um, let me get a description of the club. Sure. So okay. so the, the the main portion of the club that you're in right now is a building that is, we'll probably say, about 50 50 feet wide Mm -hmm. at its most width. And then it's probably about 40 or 60 feet total deep. Mm -hmm. There is, at one end, a very long and beautiful mahogany bar. At the other end of that, there is a well-constructed stage that the musicians are on. In In the center of the space... There are nightclub circular tables. They seat about four to five, depending upon the style of table. In in that middle section, on the wall closest to where you came in at, there is a roped-off section where, um, we'll say, fancy people sit. Yeah. Right? And then on the opposite wall from that, there are a series of windows Mm -hmm. that look out over... Uh, the area of the Bund, which is where the river is, which is where the major trade areas are. You also know that there's a section of this club that extends out through uh, doors at the end of the end of one end here that go out and connect to where the the yachts moor at. So, So there's really nowhere to go to get to stay close to Sassoon without being a sore thumb, basically. Not directly, no. He's he's put himself in a position where his back is to the wall. He has taken the most advantageous position. He can see everything in front of him. The singer on the singers and stage and stuff on his right. And so coming over to his security or the table that is doing security for him hasn't violated, quote, his his private area, but you are within, you know, three or so meters from his table. And it's really at that point, after you have this back and forth with his people, mm-hmm. that the one of the windows behind you shatters inward. And something rolls into the room. And that's when the screaming starts. Does it roll into his table area no. or just in the middle of the... It's it's behind you to the left and probably 15 or 20 feet away from you. If I have an idea what that is, I think the idea would be to get the table between me and it. <laughs> I think that, that, that that's a likely a very good idea. Yeah. Which table? Any table? Uh, no. Uh, Victor Sassoon's table. Okay. 
So the uh, the sheer audacity. So you can move. You're very fast. Um, you can move and get behind the wall of security guards towards his table before what happens next. My question is, when you get to Victor's table and you're in front of it, what are you going to do? Are you trying to get under his table or behind it? Are you going to pick it up? Like what? I'm going to say run and I'm going to try and try and put the table between me and it and probably go low. Okay. You easily do that. Mm-hmm. And there is a, a thunderous explosion that happens. Uh, so when that happens, you are hit by a wave of concussive force. It does no, no damage to you directly. It's too far. Yep. But what it does do is it blows a section of the club and the people into a massive scattering. Parts of the Yacht Club light ablaze. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, people begin to scream and yell and scatter in every direction. It's pandemonium at ground zero. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? I'm headed towards the uh, stage exit. Okay. You head towards the stage exit. You are accompanied or followed closely behind by several people. Yep. In through that hole, in through the haze from the explosion, you begin to see multiple men mm-hmm. rush in through the door. And right. they're wearing very dark clothing. And in their hands are these um, well-known bladed weapons that uh, one of the local gangs use. Oh, geez. And they begin to put them to a very vicious use. These weapons are specifically made to remove limbs. <laughs> They're really unfortunate for anyone to be anywhere near. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't appear anyway that these men who rush the this place have any care or concern about who... They attack. But you get to the door. Mm -hmm. The door is open because the people on the stage went through it first. Yep. As they are scuttling out. You are followed close behind by Victor and Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Who are using that uh, and it looks like a couple of bodyguards to get out of the club. I will uh, head out of the club as quickly as possible. Uh, you are chased out of the club by the sound of gunshots mm-hmm. as what is likely a English or American inside the club begins to mount a, um, we'll say a uh, counterattack. Not interested in getting into a, a gun and knife battle, you find yourself in the pouring rain outside mm-hmm. the club as people continue to stream out of the doors. Well, I assume that any observation that I could have made is pretty much done at this point. It does seem to be that in the immediacy, yes. So when Victor and Lawrence get onto the street, Mm -hmm. they do the same thing everyone else does, which is they look around and then they scamper off down one, either left or right. And their bodyguards close behind. Oh, certainly. Mm Mm-hmm. I will uh, not follow them. Instead, I'll go the other way. <laughs> you head the other way. If, if you go down this alley, you will not get to the front of the club. You'll sort of work perpendicular left or right, depending upon which alley you go down. Mm-hmm. I want to get as far away from Victor as possible. <laughs> yep. So that's not hard. If you work the separate directions, you'll end up t- sort of in the direction of the Palace Hotel, mm-hmm. which is a fairly well-known hotel in this area. It's likely a safe spot to uh, reconvene unless you wanted to head back to your apartment. Yeah, flag a cab. <laughs> okay. So you uh, you get into a, a conveyance rather than a cab. 
and uh, a very strong and um, well-conditioned man pedals you home, mm-hmm. keeping you out of the rain at the very least. Yep. Actually, I'll stop him short. I'll, okay. I'll stop him like a block short mm-hmm. and finish the last block in the rain and get to my apartment. Yep. You get to your apartment, and when you do, you find the day's mail has arrived. Grab the day's mail and head inside. So, give me an idea of, of what Drummond's apartment looks like. It's small. I'm one of the few people who doesn't have a staff on hand. Mm-hmm. There's reasons for that. <laughs> so, it's small. Um, it's orderly in most parts. Mm-hmm. Certain parts... Uh, well, there's a part that has um, some rather precarious book stacks. Then there's another small stack of books on the table in my bedroom. Your private collection? Yep. When you get into the apartment, you catch sight of yourself in the mirror. Yeah. So for the listeners at home, why don't you give us an idea who, or give us an idea what uh, Drummond looks like? Um, well, he's fairly large. Yeah, six three. I stand out quite well in, in Shanghai. Brown hair, average build, wearing my traditional suit. Still got my hat on. I'm not sure how. It's definitely attached to your head with a little bit of moisture, I imagine. <sighs> um, I take it off. I I dust it off. <laughs> and I uh hanging on on the uh, hat hook by the door start um, removing my jacket to kind of simmer down a little bit yeah it's been a little bit exciting yeah the the, the pulse in your veins is is uh, definitely something that you were not ready to have uh, thundering such a such a way yeah but, uh, yeah this was not how my day was supposed to go no no not at all this was supposed to be nice and calm and a little bit of surveillance, and it turned into a, a complete mess. <sighs> but days like that happen in Shanghai. This is true. I just wish they didn't happen to me. One of the letters that uh, you have taken in from the mail has a uh, a rather strange address on it and series of postal stamps. Okay, what's the address? It's from America. Okay. It's from New York. New York. Okay. And that address says Harlem. And you only know one person that lives in Harlem. This is true. So I open it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's not nearly as damp as you are. Yeah. What's contained within there is a letter by your friend, Carlton Ramsey. I haven't heard from him in so long. Carlton's not the sort of fellow who beats around the bush. He sort of gets right to it in the first few paragraphs. He writes uh, that it's important that you, when you read this letter, you're sitting down. Uh, okay, um, I'll, I'll get to the edge of the bed and sit down on it. Uh, he apologizes for not being in contact more often. He knows that... Um, your time in New York was important. And even though you're halfway around the world, it's no excuse because he can afford a postage stamp or 10. Well, I mean, the same goes for me as well. So it's. Yeah, you're both terrible friends, but uh, <laughs> what he details later is pretty shocking. Uh, he tells you that your friend, Jackson Elias, has been murdered. I'm glad I'm sitting down for this one. Um,. In his Chelsea Hotel apartment. And that this happened a few months ago. And that Ramsey has been dealing with Jackson's estate. Which in and of itself to you is almost a laughable sentence when you read it. Estate? Yeah, I mean, there's there's virtually nothing there. I mean, <sighs> Right. Uh, but what he details in this letter too is that Elias had a um, unknown amount of money at the time of his death. 
And that when Carlton was given the pieces of his estate, his actual uh, legal matters, that Elias was a little bit, a little bit better taken care of than anybody knew. And at his death, he was very concerned in conversations that he'd had with Ramsey that someone was after him. People were after him for what he wrote. And so he had placed a call to friends of his to have them meet in New York to talk about some of the dealings, some of these groups around the world that Elias had been investigating. But when this group of people arrived, they never got a chance to talk to Elias because they found him murdered in his hotel room. He spares you any gory details, but he does include a couple of important notes for your memory bank. Mm -hmm. One, and likely most importantly, the people who found Elias in his room having been murdered nearly witnessed the act themselves. They chased several men from the hotel room. Well, that's good. Secondly, the group of people that Elias had called were the same group of people that he'd helped out recover from whatever happened to them in Peru. And after his will had been read at the funeral, Elias charged them with finding out who these people were, who these groups were, and getting to the bottom of some whirlwind investigation that he'd been on. And then you see a a single sentence paragraph. Mm -hmm. And that's where I need your help. Well, I mean, Carlton is a, is a friend, and so I'd be interested in helping him. I kind of wonder why Jackson never called me. And I also wonder exactly what he thinks the Peru people are going to do. Considering the last time I saw them, they were headed to an upstate hospital. Yeah. You almost find the idea of the people from Peru having the last last time you saw them the idea of them helping do any anybody do anything is sort of laughable I, I'm shocked that any of them got out of the hospital frankly but that said Ramsey's continues and says that the group of people have become relatively confident and good at what they're doing that they've been to not only England and Egypt but now are headed to Shanghai continuing to hunt these clues to the end. I'm thinking back to some conversations Jackson and I had in Mm. New York. I kind of laughed him off. I'm not going to lie. Well, not laughed him off exactly, but when you start talking about worldwide conspiracies, it's, it's, it's a very fantastic idea. Oh, yes. And a little part of me wonders whether or not the people in from Peru aren't a little bit chasing shadows just because they're a bit damaged. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, you you saw them at their worst, and that's something that you might even take and given your your own experiences, mm-hmm. you might take that into account that you recovered from that terrible night in Cleveland, at least mostly. Yeah. And so maybe they've recovered from whatever happened to them in Peru, but it's hard to say. So what does he need my help with? What he needs, and he outlines this in the bottom of his letter, is he needs them to be able to get around Shanghai to understand where they should and shouldn't go. And then, ideally, whatever traces of clues that Jackson has left that, or that they found that leads them there, 
they need to be helped to get them complete and hopefully whole before leaving the country. Well, I can certainly do the form. I can help them around. I can point out the sights they should see and probably the sights they shouldn't see. Knowing what Jackson was into, if they truly believe that he was murdered by people who he'd written about. Mm-hmm. And then he mentions their itinerary of basically trotting the globe. I have a feeling that I can point out the places they shouldn't go, and they're probably going to end up there anyways. It's possible. It's possible. But Ramses tells you that if you need any sort of evidence convincing to convince them that you should show them the letter that this letter that he's sending because it's likely that they've become frankly paranoid much like Elias had Mm -hmm. um, after dealing with all of these you know strange phenomena I don't suppose he knows what ship they're coming in on Uh, yes he does know he knows that they're on the SS Ormuz, um, and he gives you the name of a Shanghai bar that he'll direct you to. Most of them are as ugly as you last remember. You can tell he's trying to be funny. Yeah, because a couple of them were quite, quite handsome, quite uh, attractive. Yeah. Um, I'll head to the back of the cabinet and pull out the bottle and have one for Jackson. I can find out tomorrow when this Ormuz is coming in Mm -hmm. try and get ready the night ends for you fairly calmly unlike the way the night started Um, the papers in the morning report about a vicious gang attack at a very upscale club in the Bund in that beautiful downtown uh, waterfront district in Shanghai. There are pictures, of course, of the aftermath. Mm-hmm. And the club says it's going to be closed for several weeks while it repairs what goes on. But uh, the worst part of it is they detail that 11 people were uh, brutally hurt in this gang attack. They do not describe what happened to them. I have a good idea. You do. And that thought is the thought we'll close on. Welcome to Shanghai. Indeed. So welcome back. I'm glad to be back. And uh, we will see you next week. <laughs>